Hey. Hello. What's up? Kettlebell fit Brit. What's up? <laughs> That's, I think it's funny you say that because when I think of you in my head, I just always call you Strong Camp, so it's just your name. Yeah, we could use code names as adults. <laughs> like, I never say DJ. I just always say, anytime referring to you, I'm like, hey, you know Strong Camps, right? And that's what everybody knows you as. If you said DJ, I wouldn't even know who you're referring to. So Yeah, do you I'm even glad. refer to yourself as DJ anymore? No, I talk about myself in third person as Strong Camps. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, good to know. So I'm, I'm not, not too far off the mark there. Yeah, KB, Britt. Uh, what, what you got going on behind you, like a glittery silver wall? I need one of those. <clears throat> yeah, I set this up just for our, our live. <laughs> it's uh, get the mood going. Like gives you the glow too. Wow. <laughs> you're really, you're, you're like an expert at this. I need to work on my, I just have like, there's my house in the background. <laughs> it's my podcast studio. Oh, nice. Behind here is actually. Yeah, what is behind there? Oh. Gotcha. Sorry, we have a, a G money movement back here as well. Yeah, is he out there? Yeah. Maybe maybe he should make a cameo at some point. I'm sure he will. He should get on here. Yeah. yeah. He should Message like, him real he should quick. pull back the curtain and let him just like <laughs> Garrett. Yeah, he's he's doing some movement shit. Who knows mm -hmm. what he's doing back there? Were you were you just doing your training too? Yeah, I just got done. Mm -hmm. I'm just really curious about how you started just doing all this. Like, you just pretty much go in and explore when you go train, or do you have a set kind of outline of what you do? Yeah, I have a a rough um, program, um, but I have room for exploration. I always play at some point. Um, but yeah, I have, I have a program. Okay. So you do have like a general program. Is it, can, can you share like what, what kind of things do you incorporate in that? Yeah. Yeah. It's nothing, uh, there, there's no fancy secret, uh, formula. <laughs> uh, I like today I squatted, so I did various squatting pattern types of movements. Um, but what I'm like my exploration within that is uh, the tension I'm accessing, mm. um, the, the state I'm in, kind of controlling the nervous system. Uh, like, am I going into a flight mode or a fight mode, uh, breathing? So, I mean, within just a simple squat, I'm trying to, <laughs> there's a lot going on in my mind. <laughs> Sounds like but it. Is that, simple stuff. is that something that you determine before doing your workout or like when you're starting to do the squats you decide hey i want to go more into fight or flight with this one because i want to go heavier or if i want to kind of tone it down yeah so for this for strength sessions i'm trying to go as hard into the fight as possible um and it borders on going into flight so i'm yeah. trying to flirt flirt with that edge and uh first of all be aware of it as much as possible and mindful and then kind of push my capacities in that uh, context. Hmm. So do you, do you have a certain, like you squat one day, you do more like hinging type patterns another day, or is it just dependent on like what you feel like doing? Yeah, I'll, I try to get, um, so I was previously, I like high frequency 
like I like training every day. I recently started doing uh, jujitsu, which is taxing. <laughs> so I brought it down to three days a week, my training. Okay. And I hated it. I could not do it. I was getting like depressed and like anxious. And so I just added back in my everyday training, which I love. But I reduced. But like, oh, okay. Volume. I was going to say, yeah, in reducing volume or intensity to leave energy for the jujitsu. Yeah. Yeah, volume. I'm still going intense, but I, I come in, I do like pretty much two or three lifts or exercises, and then I'm out. Um, so yeah, I'll do a squat, um, overhead pressing, horizontal pressing, pulling, um, like the, the bodybuilding bro split. I enjoy that. Okay, so it's still centered around lifting, but but what would you say is mm -hmm. the biggest difference between like how you used to train versus what you do now? Is it mostly just like, like you always talk about your intention? Is that the biggest difference? Yeah, the, the, yeah, the meaning behind it, the, the goal, the, the metric I'm chasing is it's a lot more intuitive, um, a lot more internal, like the tensional aspect. But I find myself going back to like doing what I love more which is what i used to do when i was a kid and just grow out in the gym and lift yeah so i'm, I'm trying to uh marry the two because i want to be responsible with it and, and have longevity with the practice and not neglect um you know components that i was missing before but also i want to do what makes me feel good and do what i love yeah. i want to look good yeah Everyone, everyone who I talk to about about you, they're always like, "Yeah, but he he does really care about like aesthetics. Like he wants to look a certain way," <laughs> which I think is just funny because in generally in sort of the like functional training realm, I feel like people kind of go the other way where they're like, "Fuck aesthetics," right? Which like mm -hmm. in some ways I've tapped into that a little bit myself, but at the same time, there's nothing wrong with wanting to look good. It's like everybody at some level, like of course they want to look good or they want to look fit or strong or whatever that is i i went through the same thing i was like a movement hipster like oh it doesn't matter how i'm not in this for the, these shallow uh ambitions <laughs> but now i kind of changed my view because i think it's very functional um to have muscle mass and i think it's functional to have symmetrical muscle mass as in you can look at a body part and say it would help to have more tissue here um, yeah more strength stability whatever and maybe we should target that which is bodybuilding i mean if we're being honest that's a lot of prehab rehab type of stuff anyways so i'm, I'm i have a different view on it but i also see the toxic side of it of course we all yeah do. i think it could become too much but i do agree with you that that you can sometimes look at somebody and, you know, for example, if somebody has like no glute muscles, you could kind of be like, well, aesthetic, even aesthetics aside, like that's not great for whatever athletic thing you're trying to do, or even just walking, right? If your glutes aren't really turned on or functioning or whatever you want to call it, they're not built, then that's probably going to be a detriment to you. It's like, Plus, everybody likes it when their butt looks good, right? So it's kind of like both. It's a win-win, right? <laughs> and, and I think a lot of people are thinking, like, you'll take these elite athletes who 
code use on whatever movement practice it is. And I think I'm going to do those movements and I'm going to get that body they have, which is totally strong, functional, has a capacity. But they're doing it, we could say, like with a different intention or a different way of shifting to, to, to get it done. They're using something else, a different path, which is their own. Yeah. And they're not, they're not getting that. And they think, why? I just need to do more or fix this or that. And I think people get caught up in the movement and not how it's being done or the person yeah. that's doing it. Yeah. Um, and that kind of shifts back to bodybuilding as a tool we could use as well to maybe change. If you change the structure, you're going to change how you perform. Yeah. Um, so I think um, it's just another tool in the toolbox. Totally. And, and it's like everyone's body is going to still look like their body. Like your body's mm -hmm. going to look like your body. You can just make it look arguably better by, you know, increasing muscle mass. Yeah. Yeah. Different levers, limbs, shapes, sizes, butts. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So do, do like when you work with people, do you, do you train people online, like one-on-one, -on -one, or do you mostly just do the OMU stuff? Um, yeah, we're, we're concentrating on OMU, but um, I do like consultations and mentorships with people. Um, kind of got away from the just giving people programs. Yeah. It, it bugged me that it's like, okay, you have an exercise here, but it's like, how, what does that mean to you? What does that yeah. word squat mean? What Somebody is could be doing it totally different, right? Depending on how they're thinking about it. Yeah, exactly. So I, yeah, my, my goal is if I work with someone, I want to teach them to use whatever exercises, put whatever program, whatever they enjoy doing, um, build your own. And this is how we want to approach it. And this is how I want to utilize this vehicle of in exercise to accomplish something more or access something. Yeah. How do you go about explaining to somebody sort of what like intention means or like what your philosophy of training is? Do you have it like summed up in a sentence or two or, or is that something that over time you kind of teach someone as you work with them? I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, it's hard. Because it's so simple and it's like, I think I get caught in the like conceptual framework of it, but it's pretty simple. It's, um, if you're doing a squat, let's say some people will have be sore in their quads. Some people will be sore in their glutes, hamstrings, different parts. Um, so it's where are you generating tension in the movement? And I think we've kind of, it's, it's common sense. We've always talked about this, but we've gotten away from it because it's like, Hey, your glutes are always on. Like you can't turn muscles on. It's like, yeah, duh, we know, but you could put emphasis and tension through different torques. Right. Yeah. And, um, I mean, that's really what intention is, is accessing a chain of torque through the body while you're creating movement. And you could create any movement you choose. You can do it multiple ways. And this is just a intention is a language or chi torque really, of course, uh, me and Chris go, is just a language of different tensions you could use for anything. And when we start assessing people, this is way more than two sentences, but when we start assessing people, we see that 
they have all these capacities, active range, passive range, whatever. Um, but there's huge discrepancies in the tension they can create while doing it. Um, yeah. And that's just another lens we want to offer to look at things at, because maybe that is what will help. Maybe it's not, but I think it's good to know as a coach. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that is missing for a lot of people when they start working out or start training is they they don't know how to feel like internal tension or they, they sometimes will be like, well, where am I supposed to feel it? Or like, where, where do I feel this? Should I feel it like in my quads or should I feel it in my glutes? Or like they kind of want to know the like one spot that they should feel a burn. But I feel like it's just – like you said, you should be feeling like a full line of tension, but they don't know how to access that. I, I think it's it can be pretty hard to do. I think it's a skill that, that you acquire, and, and that's why weightlifting can be so powerful is it might help people tap into how to access it because it's easier, right, with an external force to tap into something like that as opposed to just, you know, like the chi torque stuff of trying to feel your, your tension through different lines. That seems to be pretty tough for most people yeah I mean, everyone's trying to accomplish it right that's why we have external cues or like break the bar apart or spread the floor apart um then again you could be breaking the bar apart that's is just a distal joint doing something and you don't know what tension they're creating from that um, yeah i think it's a little isolated so so with the cheat torque it's always full body it's always a full intention creating everything so um yeah how would you describe chi torque in one or two sentences <laughs> yeah it's a, literally it's a intent it's a feeling really um it everyone's doing it uh <laughs> but uh yeah that's the goal is to connect to the feeling and not to okay i need to flex this muscle do this with this joint because during an Olympic lift or something else, you're not going to be able to rationalize and think all these steps through. It's literally a feeling. Yeah. But if you can generate that feeling, connect to that feeling, then the possibilities are really endless. And if there's a problem, then you can break it down to maybe this muscle or this joint needs some attention. And I know where that needs to, needs to be, what direction I need to go with that. Um, but yeah, sheet torque is just connecting words to these feelings. It's, it's kind of like movement meditation, things. right? Like you, you could close your eyes and you're just trying to tap into like internal sensations, which I feel like is kind of like meditation. Yeah, it's um, isometric meditation, isotonic meditation. Like if you see the flowy stuff we're doing, it's just trying to connect to certain chains of muscles to create the flows. Um, it's not about the positions or the movements or how it looks really. Uh, it's just focusing on the feeling and the tension generated and whatever your body, whatever position you have to create to connect to that tension, that's completely yours. There's no right or wrong. Do you um, find that that's something that you've always, you've always tapped into yourself or is that something that you've discovered in the last few years? like putting a name to like chi torque and what that is. Yeah. Just thinking about it has been the last three, three years, three, four years. Um, but before that, like I was an athlete 
um, and then I became a trainer. A lot of lots of trainers were former athletes. Um, the people we look up to in the fitness industry are usually elite athletes, like some yeah. of the best movers. And I think when you <laughs> when you ask one of these authorities, how do I do what you do? They think, huh, I kind of just do it. But then they reverse yeah. engineer and they break down the steps. They're like, okay, I created these steps. Make this position, follow me. And then it comes down to just form and like building blocks of positions, which they didn't use. And I think the one thing that's missing is that tension, which there isn't really a language for. They just feel it. Yeah. They just generate it. Um, and that's where the power comes from. Um, yeah, that's a really good point because it is – it's pretty hard to make something fluid when you're thinking this step-by-step -step process, right? If you're thinking of like each position your body needs to do as you're going through it, especially if you're working on a, like a speed or power movement, that makes it, it, it makes it really tough to get it fluid. Mm -hmm. And I think even you could create the exact position that the person wants beautifully but it still doesn't have the tension and the torque behind it, which is what they're accessing. I see that in like CrossFit a lot where they're just like, shove the knees out, let me pull the band. Like that's not what the best are doing, just cranking their knees out, you know? It, it yeah. might express as that, you know? Or it might express as them not going in with the knees. Yeah. But uh, I think we're just a few steps away from the actual source of, of what this athleticism is. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of, this was our attempt at articulating and putting symbols to these feelings, um, as, as a tool to help. So it knows? sounds, it sounds, um, challenging to coach because I could imagine that the, the chi torque feels different for different people too, right? Like depending on their body and how they're contracting or which muscle groups maybe they're even contracting based on like mobility or what's strong and weak. So that might be, that, that just sounds like it'd be tough to coach someone on that. Like how would you walk someone through how to, how to begin to even feel that? Well, that's, it's helped how I coach a little more because, because everyone has different bodies and different, mobility and different capacities um, when they access we can all access torque I mean we have a joint we could go one way or another way in an articulation um, and really through the oblique like through the whole body we could create kind of two different tensions um, but the position that's um, generated through those tensions is going to be unique to you so I've really stopped hammering people people over you need to hit this position or you need to correct this position. I'm really just like, are you creating the right tension? Okay, well then that's where you're at. And I'll modify the exercise or whatever. It will yeah. work from there. Um, but as far as the tension, I mean, poking at a, someone and feeling the muscle, uh, them able to control the contraction of the muscle is, that's one way to assess, are they feeling it? Do they have uh, contraction there? Do they have? Can they create tension there? Uh, so it's a simple way. 
It sounds like a better way to go about things, though, because so many times it's about the position, right? Like you're saying, like in CrossFit, when they're trying to get a certain, like they're trying to see that certain position. But it's like, well, if somebody doesn't have the mobility to get there, like is forcing them into it really going to do anything good? It's probably going to take them out of the line of t- right line of tension, and now the tension is somewhere else where maybe they didn't want it to be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then if they had proper tension, would their mobility change? That is another question. Mm. Um, yeah. What do you, what are your, what are your thoughts on mobility? Do you, do you, do you do any specific mobility training anymore or is that not really a part of your practice anymore? I mean, I stopped using the word mobility. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, strength. Yeah. Strength. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I, yeah, it, it didn't sit right with me. Yeah. Strength. Um, if I want to be strong in a position, um, then first of all, that's a, I need a why behind it. Like, what am I trying to do in the position? Um, and then I'll attack it through that lens if I need to create tension to get there. Um, yeah, it's pretty simple for me nowadays. (laughs) Yeah. I don't really look at degrees as like outside of the meaning behind it anymore or um or if i'm if there's a movement i'm trying to do and i'm training something open range but i need it eccentrically and i need to create torque in it those are two different things um and surprising things happen like you could create torque through a closed chain movement and then all of a sudden you can access a bunch of joint rotation open chain yeah. Permanently. And it's like, whoa, that's not supposed to happen. But I feel like I'm, I still don't like, <laughs> this is probably going to sound bad because I coach people on mobility, but I'm like, I feel like I just still don't understand how people increase or decrease range of motion. Cause I feel like, like you said, can be dependent on so many different things. And sometimes something random will make you feel more like open. And obviously it's like related to your nervous system too. So that comes into play and that can be super complicated but it's really hard to figure out how to help somebody access a certain range of motion because i think sometimes you might need to kind of strength train and in that range and use a lot of tension and work that way but other times i feel like that might work against what you're trying to do and trying to figure out like where someone's at and which way is going to help them more you know i think sometimes passive modalities are more helpful for certain people than trying to, you know, contract maximally or, or anything like that. And it's, it's a tough one to figure out. It's a lot of, a lot, a lot of factors. Yeah. It, I mean, there, it all works in different contexts and they're all tools. And I think, you know, everyone's helping, like there's no right or wrong. I think the only time you get caught in trouble is when you say, you have to do this first. This is the prerequisite. This is the first step before you can do this. You're going to hurt yourself. It's like, it's a great tool. Um, use what works. Different things work. Um, I think what's more important is like people like you, like a good coach who can give you direction, I think is most of the process, you know? Um, it is so hard though, as a coach, I was just discussing with the, this with some friends earlier this morning. It's so hard not to put your own experience or what's worked for you onto, onto your clients and trying to make sure that you are considering that what worked for you might not work for them and then how to figure out 
how to help them because it goes outside your own personal experience. Cause I don't know if it's like this for you, but for me, I feel like the things I feel like I truly know are the ones that I experienced, right? Because I felt them. So I feel like I viscerally like understand it versus something that I haven't directly experienced. There's nothing wrong with that either, right? <laughs> you, like we all do that. We have our, our personal anecdotal experience and then we have like broad studies or teachers we work with and we try to mesh it together. Yeah. Um, but I think that's why uh, it's okay to say like, I'm not for everyone. Like we attract people who maybe we connect with or who we make sense to. And those are the people we can help. Like they could go to someone else who's saying, having them do the same thing, but they're presenting it in a different way and it doesn't click for them. Um, yeah. And maybe that matters more than actually what they're doing. Like, okay, I'm understanding, I buy in, I'm gonna do the work. Um, it's, this is, it's an art more than a science, I think. <laughs> I think so too, especially because I feel like any, any science or is like so many people are always like, what is a science support? And it's like, well, I feel like the science is behind anyway. And a lot of the science is like bullshit. Like somebody just used things that were already in their own, the bias of what they wanted. And then it just shows that, or you have the studies that like they, they show opposite things and both of them are supposedly legit studies. I feel like it's hard to, hard to just go by science you know yeah I mean I yeah all the studies are pointing to something but it's 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 not holistic um, what fascinates me because I, I like to like read studies and you know hear the current literature and then it's always saying oh these things that we were saying were bro science we're validating them now because we didn't catch this or we found the mechanism it works <laughs> so you can never really, like anytime someone is, the fitness industry is like super against something, I'm always like, okay, this is going to come out to be, there's going to be a revelation in 10 years out. <laughs> oh, these, these people had it right back then. Is, so is that the, why you were interested in learning more about WEC method? <laughs> I, I'm interested in learning. <laughs> I was interested first of all, in meeting WEC. <laughs> <laughs> Who isn't? <laughs> That's what pulled me in was, was the personality. Actually, a lot of, I'm going to take that back. A lot of people are not interested because of this whole crazy thing on Instagram. They're just like, that really turns them off. Yeah, I would have never, I would have never um, tried it or anything if I didn't meet the guy <laughs> and have a relationship with him. Well, honestly, because of Chris. Because Chris yeah. is the rational, level-headed, practical way without the esoteric stuff. But okay. I like the esoteric stuff. Like, that's entertaining to me. <laughs> uh, I feel the same. I'm like, it's just really entertaining and hilarious. But I feel the same. I'm like, if it wasn't for Chris, I don't think I would have even um, been interested in learning about all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He, they, he, Weck needed Chris. Um, they're the yin and the yang. He, he, they complete each other. Totally. But it does seem like a lot of those, like the coiling principles and a lot of the WEC principles go along with what you and Chris had created with like the Chi Torque thing, right? Or at least it's tapping into a certain line of tension. I mean, we had to create that language in order to work together, really. Because, <laughs> I mean, so they're going over the coil and I'm just 
and I'm coming from like the lens of I'm thinking about torque and um, I'm like it's not really about this position we keep doing because you could do it but it's like not right that's not what you're looking for yeah and it was a lot of tweaking like no no this no no that like, yeah yeah do you feel it and you see even Chris like months later like I felt it like I feel what he's feeling and I'm like but why can't we why can't we just say that there's got to be a, like a more direct line to the experience yeah and um, that was kind of how the conversation started around the chi torque was yeah because it does seem like coiling that's only like one line of intention right that's like a yeah. certain line but there's plenty of like you said you don't need that position to get into it but that might be for a lot of people a like straight for a well, fairly straightforward way for them to feel it and then from there they can kind of take that feeling and apply it to different positions mm -hmm. it's a it's a position and a movement and a direction they're hoping that they will use that tension to reach and it's it's easy it's it's easy in, in range everything is easier to access in our range right that's why you cram that's yeah. why you could feel something when you're like, you're giving it all to just um, make it jump. But a lot of people can't access that at mid-range. Yeah. They can't access the same tension. And that, that's something people don't address either. It's like we do all this in-range, but it's like, can you use it um, concentrically or eccentrically throughout the mid-range and the whole range to get there? Um, and that's what you're actually doing during a lot of loaded exercise or athletic movements, right? Um, so not good or bad, but we need to fill in that piece a little bit, I think. Yeah, agreed. Ooh, there's there's some comments in here. I know, I saw, I saw G-Money uh, said hi over there. I'm hoping that you'll pull back the curtain at some point and he'll just be like watching you. <laughs> yeah, so G-Money needs to get in here. Yeah, we should have him add. Can you do three people on a live? Is that a thing? Not yet. Dang. Too bad. I'll have he to have him on right separately. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's there. I forgot. He's, he's here. I think. Let's tell him to come in. Come on. Then we'll get the real answers. Yeah, he'll have the real Same answers my yeah. for us. Yeah, this might be the most I've ever heard you talk. How we doing? Oh hey, what's up? <laughs> I was hoping you were gonna. Well, I don't get to be bomb. The, I'm watching one. <laughs> what about me? Oh hey, what's up? Brittany, you have three of the greatest minds in the fitness industry. In I know. Like, what? What should we talk about? Like, love or something? <laughs> Your thoughts on love? Oh yeah. Um, well, I hope you realize that you're going to lose a bunch of viewers once we start talking. Can you hear him? Um, yes, sort of. Yeah. We can hear my ear. <laughs> oh, we can hear you. That's why. We can't hear you. I can't hear. I'll, I'll I can hear you. There's just a little bit of an echo. All right. So give so, us, so just give us like a gem. She just says, give us a gem. A gem. <laughs> drop, drop wisdom. What do you want to tell the viewers? Intention. What do you want the viewers to know? Um, 
Don't think smart ass. Okay. Are we, are we talking self-love? I just kind of walked in. Sure. I'm yeah. still learning to love myself. Oh, hey, Jordan yeah. says hi. Joints and slow progress and everything. She said Jordan says hi. She does? Where's she at? She's watching she you. Comedy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is going off the rails real quick. All right, so uh, that was your Dylan. gem, okay? What's up? Your Dylan? gem of wisdom. Yeah, he's got Dylan has. Grow a mustache? <laughs> is that the gem? Put me on the, put me on the spot, though, don't you? Um, don't use other people's standards to judge your worth. Mm. I like that. I would have never thought of that. <laughs> that was good. That's great. Good and bad is up to you. It's all perspective, not fuck what other people think. Yeah, nothing matters. Nothing matters. Explain. Unless you, questions. Unless you decide it matters. Let's see. Facts. Making complex simple to understand. That's good. Oh. What do you think is the easiest way to teach someone about tension without an external load? Mm. Um, I would say isometrically um, using external feedback, uh, not load, but like just feeling a muscle and trying to push it out um, of your body and trying to contract against it will create tension. Yeah, like here. That is a damn fine sweater, by the way. No, I won't. 100% alpaca sweater, (laughs) by the way. Wow, that's that? nice. Ward, especially <laughs> for this. About that too, about I, it's blessed by a shaman from Peru. So wow. That it would help. Wow. Hey, it's my boyfriend. What's up, Jordan? Is she talking to you? Or oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's talking to me. So with the intention thing, I, I find that um, a task-specific way to train uh, helps for that. So actually using partner work to get somebody to do the movement without telling them what to contract, and it kind of works itself out like that. Like reach for this specific thing, you know? What do you think about that? that? Having targets. Targets. So yeah, task-oriented training? Mm -hmm. Yeah. To to teach tension? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You disagree? (laughs) I I love task-oriented training. I feel like wow. sometimes it's just as simple as getting We're somebody to sort of, of focus internally, right? Like a lot of people just don't take the time to try to see if they can like, hey, can I just like flex this muscle? Do I even know how to turn it on? Like they just might yeah. not even take the time to do that. So starting with something that simple could even be helpful. Yeah, mind-muscle connection. Um, and that, I mean, that goes back to like 5,000-year-old yogic practices too. Just like body scanning and see what you could relax and what you could flex. Physical culture, a lot of them, it was just daily um, tension practices of, of making certain poses. And then it went into posing and bodybuilding. Um, and then we've kind of gotten away from it now to, to just external movements you can create and skills. Um, but it's always been there and it's, it's nothing new. You uh, have you ever have you ever done a bodybuilding show? Was that something that you did in the past, or no? You just always like training that way. <laughs> I've never done a bodybuilding show. I uh, never wanted to. The, Why not? <laughs> I just it was never, never my goal. You know, aesthetics don't matter to me. 
Um, I'm all about performance and uh, <laughs> kind of the philosophy behind it. I feel like you're just, you're going back to what you said earlier yeah. right now. Everyone's just going to be all confused. To sound cool. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I've never uh, done bodybuilding. Because, yeah, performance and strength is, has always been up there for me. And, and um, but that's a great way to look jacked. And look I was going to say, you were just telling me, you were telling me just the other day that all you wanted to be was jacked. Yeah, I mean, I do. (laughs) What constitutes uh, jacked? Like, do you have to be a certain, like, do you measure? You have to be a certain measurement or what? I measure by, I look at myself in the mirror, like, before, after a shower, for, it could be for a couple minutes straight. (laughs) And um, when you're feeling good about it. Do you have have a glittery shower curtain like this? Yeah, I have this shower curtain. And some uh, disco ball. Um, Are you going to have a live feed of yourself doing that? I'm sure people wouldn't mind. <laughs> I have bathroom selfies I can release. But um, I, honestly, my goals, I mean, this is what I said behind it. Like, what is human strong? Uh, it's <laughs> like, I want to look good. Like, I want to have a biological sexual value. Like, I think everyone does. And no one admits. Like, I think that's one of the roots. Yep. I want to feel good. Obviously, we all do. Um, and I want to, like, play good. I want to perform good. I want to feel competent um, as I can in a, any environment. Uh, so simple as that. But looking good is a huge part of it. Everyone is that, comes is in that the, gym, the they order want to of priority, good. or they're all about the same? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it depends. It shifts. What, I, what, what kind of story do you use to define looking yeah, I mean, that's totally subjective. I don't, there's cultural influence on what looking good is, and I'm not immune to that. But uh, as long as I feel good about myself, um, I'll use that as a metric. But every client who comes in and they say, oh, I just want to be able to play with my kid, or I just want to, my doctor says, my blood pressure, they're really coming in because they want to look sexy. Mm. And it's hard to say because you sound shallow and it's, you know, but I think deep down, that's the drive behind all of this. And I I think we should um, respect that. Well, I think the challenge there, though, with that is like you said, there's like, well, yes. And, and that there's a societal idea of what looks good, which, which might not even like you, you might not even know what you think looks good that's actually your own opinion because it's so influenced by other things you know i feel like yeah there's nothing wrong with wanting to look good but at the same time yeah there's a very narrow idea of what that is and is that actually the most important because i know for myself that i think that i look good when i feel good mentally and then it could be like it could be even same day if i felt like shit at one point in the day I might think that it looked terrible but if I felt better later I'm like oh actually, I actually look pretty good so I feel like that's that's kind of hard what somebody thinks of how they look is also dependent just on like mentally and their confidence and like a lot of factors that affect how they interpret their reflection does that make sense yeah I mean it's just like we we're talking about movement there's so many variables um, but I think we know the direction like but it's totally individual. Um, so that's something you have to build with your client. Yeah, totally. I know. 
I think we could all agree on what looks good. <laughs> I think we could all agree. We have different tastes, but I think we could categorize people. At least the four pack. <laughs> there probably are more things like, that are similar yeah, than different. Mustache. Mustache? Mustache. Mustache. I think that's very opinion-based. <laughs> if you're a mover, just look at me. Who, Ryan Gosselin, I think we could all put as a 10. No, that one, yeah. no, okay. no one's going to disagree with that. No, <laughs> that's so, true, but there might be somebody who looks very different from Ryan Gosling who would also be a 10. What I'm trying to say, Brittany, is there's a hierarchy. Okay. Okay, there's, there's a, a male-dominated hierarchy. There's <laughs> A male-dominated hierarchy, which means... It's horrible. We're trying to tear it down. <laughs> One body at a time. Hmm. I don't know that there's as much consensus about what looks good as, as we think either. Yeah. Look at how different it's been in different cultures over history and all that stuff. But, but still, sometimes fat is good, sometimes white it's is totally good. It's totally relative. That's really but, true. That's changed a lot. By the group, yeah. Or, or even the individual. They know themselves. Yeah. But it's just, so a, it's just a story. We, yeah, it's just a story we've given ourselves, but you have a story, and I think it's a huge, just a biological drive to increase your sexual value mm. by whatever means. I don't know what that means to you. Yeah. Um, and I think, I, I really think we're more shallow than we, um, the stories we tell ourselves. And um, yeah, I think we should, I think if we can make people feel better about themselves, However that is, aesthetically, through strength, through confidence, that's really one of our biggest jobs. Yeah. And I'm not, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's good, good food for thought. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going great. <laughs> um, somebody asked if, if you think that you can beat me in arm wrestling. <laughs> Some people get really into the whole arm wrestling thing. If if who could beat you? If you could beat me. I don't know. Maybe not. Do you arm wrestle? You're, I I I've done it before. I've been drunk, but um, <laughs> you're. Did uh, you win? I did win. Yeah. Against who? <laughs> was um, it a strong guy? Because then you could was... probably beat me. <laughs> um, Matthew Light in Westminster, California. I haven't talked to him in ten years. Mm. But I beat since you. Since he beat you? <laughs> oh, since he, you beat <laughs> him. I, I beat him. But I don't know if I could beat you. You're a record world record holder um, kettlebell. <laughs> I think it's less about kettlebells and more about um, false grip, like ring training, actually. I think that's the only reason that I've been able to beat some guys. There you go. You have the technique. You have the strength. Yeah, you could. It would be a good match. We'll set it up. <laughs> we'll set it up next time I'll we go referee. live. It'll be arm wrestling. <laughs> and I won't feel bad at all if you win. Mm, are you sure? I feel like you should feel a little bad. <laughs> no, I'm convincing myself now not to feel bad. So I'm sure it doesn't happen. Uh, uh, Oscar said, uh, like what George St. Pierre said, if you look good, you feel good. If you feel good, you perform good. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Once again, it's subjective. I mean, I think not always if you look good do you perform good. I don't think that's always true. You know, like some of the people who have I like think so if many you feel, muscles if and they you're just can't feeling really... like you look good, it will increase your performance. Doesn't mean 
you'll win or be a good performer, but I think it'll increase it just through um, confidence. Agreed. Agreed. I do think, I do think right. that um, the trend towards the whole like body positive movement, I do think part of that is sort of, well, I think a lot of it is too extreme. And I think it's not realistic, some of it, like you said. I think that people are, like, we are visual creatures, and there are certain things that just are going to, like, people are going to judge or are going to find attractive or whatever. And, sorry, I'm getting distracted by Dylan talking. She's getting distracted by you guys chit chatting over here. She can hear us. Yeah. Yeah, it's really hard like focusing <laughs> on like three conversations at once. I'm sorry. But I just mean I think that some of that is taken too far to one side where it's sort of unrealistic. You know what I mean? Well done. Yeah. I mean I I um I like some of it. I mean because like these um large larger girls who are proud of their bodies like a lot of people are attracted to that yeah totally because because i feel like confidence is is more confidence in you feeling like you look good has a bigger there's a lot of effect. people that are attracted to shit that's not the, norm, the social norm yeah i yeah categories for porn, all of it. that's g bringing up the statistics on categories for porn but that goes back to like, that is a value. Um, if you're accessing all the people who are into your body type, that's good. I think of, that might be the most, I'd like to quiz every guy and see what our culture, um, like what is the ideal, have they done studies on that? Like, that would be super interesting. Ratio. Yeah, looking for like common factors and oh, stuff. Yeah. They've looked at it a lot. I'd like to quiz all the women and look for the same thing. It would be it would be pretty interesting, I think. But but that would depend on if they're on like birth control or their hormones and everything, right? That changes what type of guy you're attracted to, I think. This is why this is why they do scientific studies mostly on men, because the female body is just way more complicated. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Too many variables with you guys. So many variables, yeah. Yeah. And changing um, their mind a lot. Um, Brittany, someone wants you to show your arms or flex. Yeah, no, not happening. Ellen, <laughs> this is this is what happens when you post. Just so you know, if you ever post an arm wrestling video, you start getting some weird messages from people that get really obsessed with like seeing your biceps, and I don't know why. <laughs> Can you squeeze like a fruit in between your biceps? And Can I squeeze a fruit? Uh, yeah. What do you mean? Like, can I, oh, can I crush it? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I haven't tried it. That would be a good video. I kind of want to try that whole, like, watermelon crushing challenge one day. Have you ever done that? Me too. I haven't tried it. Okay, no, that can be try. the next live video. We're going to get watermelons and try to crush them between our thighs. <laughs> See who yeah, gets it first. I'm good. I'll train for that. I'll get to Jane Fonda. <laughs> oh, that would be hilarious. That's G-Money if he wants to do it too. <laughs> G Money, we're doing a watermelon crushing between the thighs. Between the thighs. It's just as arbitrary as every other exercise we're doing in the gym, so why not? Yeah, I've been doing loaded ab exercises this whole time. I can do yeah, he's, he's literally over here doing loaded splits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least you'll have a test. Yeah, you could actually. Yeah, at least you'll have, have a reason for that. Like, 
you know, adductor strength he's building from all of his middle split training. But I think there's a good reason he has, and it's Instagram, you know, and I think that's actually a positive thing is Instagram makes people, um, try crazy shit. We'll also have a goal and, and train for a year to be able to get something so that they could get the social approval. I don't yeah. think that's necessarily bad. Like what I hear from physique competitors and bodybuilders is like, they have to set a date for show. So they have something to work toward and accountability um, and just give it meaning. I think, so there's, I, mean, yeah. I think there's a relationship with that. Yeah. Some people have a really healthy relationship where they'll pick a goal and they'll learn a bunch of stuff along the way and it's really good for them. Other people get super just like messed up in the head over obsessing about stuff and like drive themselves into a hole doing the same thing. I think that's how you relate to it as much as the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, true. Anything I say, Dylan's going to say, there's two, you know. I'm just going to contradict you no matter what. Which is Devil's true. advocate. But I'm just trying to level it out because yeah, yeah. I'm just saying because everyone's anti-showing off on social media. I think it's a good driver for some people. It could be used to uh, better yourself. Yeah, I think people often focus on like the negative things about about Instagram or social media. But I think it's all just what you decide to make of it or how you think of it. Like if you think of it in a negative way, then it's going to be a negative thing for you versus using it for all of its positives, whether that's motivation or connection or making money or whatever it is. Dude, I met some of my best friends on social media. <laughs> I think Instagram is great. Yeah, I've met so many people through it, too. And, I mean, obviously, like, it's so easy to make money off of social media. It's almost, like, stupid not to use it if you're able to or if you want to. It's it's like the new business card or resume, in a sense. I think if you're a trainer, maybe. Um, yeah, it's a good platform. But I know how those, like, gamers feel, like the ones who just play video games inside all day and then, one of their gamer friends dies and they like all fly out to the like <laughs> funeral and our wedding. And it's like this bond. Like I kind of feel that, you know? Why did one of your Instagram friends die? <laughs> oh God, not yet. Not oh, yet. I hope not. Um, <laughs> but if they do, you know, the Instagram family will be out there. Yeah. But it's funny how that the algorithm like connects you to people who are into the exact same stuff you are the same vibe the same frequency um which you can never find maybe if you were stuck to your little hometown and you were the yeah. weirdo yeah you know? that's that's the awesome thing although i guess the other thing is sometimes i feel like i live in a bubble in certain ways because because it shows you the people that think the same as you and that like the same things as you then you're like hmm but am I really, do I really know what's out there? Because I'm mostly just seeing the same thing that I already, that just reinforces what I think. Yeah, yeah. It will provide you the echo, echo chamber either way, you know? Yeah. Um, which could be good or bad. Do you ever try to just follow some people who you don't agree with so you can keep up? Hmm. Man, I, I follow some weird people. 
I follow. I just follow people who interest me. Yeah. You know. Um. And yeah, whether or not you agree with them. I mean, that's the thing. If if I'm following someone whose platform is promoting ideology or a system, that kind of turns me off. Um. So yeah, it, but if I'm following someone who's just exploring and doing cool shit, I that's that's what I enjoy looking at. Yeah. Um, like I follow this guy who just bends like steel into like different pieces of art and like twists it around. Does he sell it? That would and he be really sells cool. it. Okay, yeah. that's awesome. It's awesome. Like, and it's very he's strong as fuck. Like that's hard to do. Yeah. Do you do any of that? Um, I do some like light nail bending. Sometimes. Some light nail bending. <laughs> Very light nails, yeah. Um, I should I should like. Isn't that progressively all about train that. Well, yeah, you have no choice but to to go into a certain tension to bend those nails. So that's another thing where the task and you're setting up is going to produce tension. That's why I love that peck stick. That little torque stick thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. That? I mean, that I've bar. seen it on your page. So I give that to people um, when I want them to create a certain tension. I'm just like, here, squeeze the shit out of that, do the movement, and things fall into place. Ooh, maybe you just need to create some more, like, tools like that to put people in, all the, in, in a bunch of different lines of tension. Look at that. That could be a million-dollar idea. Fitness yeah, equipment. I mean, the stick mobility stick is also pretty good for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good idea. We'll talk about it after this. Yeah. All right. Any, any, uh, you have any last things you want to tell people? Is it already one o'clock? I think it's already like, hmm. no, I don't have anything I want to tell people. If you receive a strong punch in your house, what do you feel? <laughs> uh, Alan, who also want to see you flex is asking if you get punched in the arm, what do you feel? Nothing. Um, it probably depends on who punched me and how hard they punched me. We'll also film that next time. <laughs> okay, so it was crushing a watermelon. Wait, wait, there was another one. Arm wrestling. Arm wrestling, crushing a watermelon, and, and then I just you punching me in the arm. In the arm. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Do I get to punch you back at least? <laughs> they don't care about that. Wait, do you no. know how to punch well? Because this could be bad if you're like, if you know how to punch in a way that hurts, could hurt. I think it would be worse if I didn't know how to punch and I just miss. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. That would be bad. Uh, yeah, I think this was a good talk, Brittany. Yeah, I, I think uh, I'm sure we could talk for another like two hours, but I don't want to take up the rest of your afternoon. So we'll just have to do another live or... I really want to come to um, the gym that you train at and like come train with you and G Money and Dylan sometime. Cool. Anytime. You're welcome. Yeah. Sweet. Um, do you save these? Um, I'm actually not 100% sure how to save it. I think after I end it, I can save it somehow. Do you know? Ooh, it might say, yeah, save to camera roll. Um, I think you could, and if not, I think you have to record it while it's up on your live for mm. 24 hours. Oh, you can record it? Just You mean just like recording it on your phone? Yes, yeah, screen record, or there's an app. Um, 
I think you Google uh, Play has an app. All right. I'm going to Google that and then figure out how to save it so I can post it on my Instagram TV or something like that. Cool. Cool. All, All right. right. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for chatting with me. All right, Fitbrit. All right. Peace.